electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. This is the American Greed Podcast, presented by CNBC. I'm Stacy Keach. In this episode of American Greed, Ross Mandel is a pumped-up New York power broker. I'm coming to you uncut, unedited. Flexing his muscle on Wall Street and living a life of excess. He was a cocaine user. He was a heavy alcohol user and used it to stay pumped up. After hitting bottom, he turns it around and gives up his delinquent ways. I'm Ross Mandel. By publicly sharing my personal battles, I could help millions of people avoid the pitfalls and the rat holes that I've had to claw my way out of my whole life. But Ross Mandel replaces drugs and alcohol with addictions to money, power, and pseudo-celebrity. I made millions of dollars. And now he stands accused of orchestrating a $140 million stock scam. It was mind-boggling, the things he would do. Everyone would be left scratching their heads, saying, how is he not in trouble? Well, eventually he got in trouble. Yes! (laughs) I'm still under arrest! In the summer of 2010, TV executives in New York and L.A. get a pitch reel from an aspiring reality TV star named Ross Mandel. It's called Facing Life. My name is Ross Mandel, and I have the perfect life. I've worked on Wall Street for 25 years. I've made millions of dollars. I have a gorgeous wife and two amazing little girls. But there's a surprising catch at the end. I've just got one small problem. I've been indicted by the United States government for conspiracy and securities fraud, and I'm facing 25 years in prison. That's right. Mandel has been charged with masterminding a $140 million fraud. The 53-year-old who calls himself the bad boy of Wall Street is nothing if not brazen, and seems to have been that way from the start. Ross was a very interesting character. He was very aggressive. He was very loud. Uh, He wanted to be the center of attention. Norman Chess and Jeffrey Melser are Ross Mandel's longtime friends. They grew up together in the affluent Five Towns area of Long Island, New York. He was, quote unquote, a cool guy. And fun to be around. We were all going through the same thing. We were experimenting with drugs. We were wondering where our future was. We all thought we were going to be rich, just like our parents. And a lot of people took shortcuts and those shortcuts led to trouble. At Lawrence High School, Ross is a popular jock with a penchant for partying. 
But his life takes a tragic turn at 16, when his father dies suddenly from a heart attack. That was a very traumatic experience for him. And his father was a very big influence in his life. And all of a sudden, he was a young man. His brother was even younger. And Ross was on his own. Mandel goes on to graduate from the University of Maryland and goes straight into the handbag business like his father before him. But after a couple of years, he wants out. I was working for E.F. Hutton at the time. He wanted to become a stockbroker. He felt that was going to be big money. And I put in a word with my manager, and he was hired into the E.F. Hutton training program. By the time he's 27, Mandel is a licensed stockbroker. He's found his calling. Ross had a reputation of being a guy who could get things done. Um, he was a talker, and he was a closer, and he could bring in a lot of money. Walt Pavlo is a white-collar crime blogger for Forbes.com who covers Mandel's story. Ross was the guy wearing the, you know, the $2,000 custom suit, dining out big, taking people out, um, able to raise a lot of money uh, through pitching stocks, sales of pink cheek, NASDAQ-related stocks. That's where he made a lot of his money on Wall Street. Throughout the booming 1980s, Mandel brings in big money and parties hard, burning through his earnings. He's a self-described alcoholic and cocaine addict. He turned to me once, he said, you know, I made a million dollars, maybe more than a million dollars. He says, I have nothing to show for it. And he says, I'll make it again, but I have nothing to show for it now. He says, I just blew it all. For the next several years, he tears through a dozen Wall Street firms, racking up customer complaints and job terminations. In this radio interview, Mandel talks about his reckless ways. I've had run-ins with customers and sort of hairy situations. I think my alcoholism made me more of an abrasive character than I am. <laughs> he and his employers pay more than $400,000 in 10 settlements to customers, in which he and the firms are accused of doing unauthorized trading and churning for more commissions. He is also suspended from the New York Stock Exchange for six weeks for mishandling customer accounts. Mandel attributes his bad behavior to addiction. I was a very successful Wall Streeter for a long time. However, I was an alcoholic and an active addict, probably from the time I was uh, 15 years old. Ross knew that he had a problem, and by 1990 realized that he needed to clean up his act. Being the bad boy of Wall Street came at a price, and that price was his health. In 1990, Mandel checks himself into rehab and comes out clean. He later creates a web video series about his life of recovery. I discovered Alcoholics Anonymous. I discovered a technology, a marvelous way of living called the 12 Steps. The way that Ross always does things is he jumps in with both feet, and he did here. He became a mentor for Alcoholics Anonymous. He threw himself at it with the same sort of energy that he had thrown himself at the stock market. You've got to carry this message, these 12 Steps, to others, other people that are suffering. After getting sober, Mandel lands at a small Wall Street brokerage firm called Thornwater, 
and quickly becomes a top producing stockbroker. Like Mandel, Arne Wilson is a man whose past is littered with drug abuse and legal troubles, but he wants to go straight. The advice I got from a friend was to find a broker that did a million dollars a year in business who would let me sit in the same office with him, and that was Ross. Wilson is looking to break into the financial industry, and Ross Mandel takes him under his wing. He told me, I'll teach you how to be a stockbroker. And do you know that he had worked at all these different firms, that he was always a top producer everywhere he worked? Wilson's job is to cold call hundreds of potential investors, develop leads, and pass them on to Ross. He would close the transaction just about every time. He was amazing on the phone. He would convince them to invest their money. Within two years, Ross Mandel is doing so well, he buys the firm. And by 1998, Mandel assembles a core group of brokers, many of whom also have their share of addiction issues. Ross had certainly redeemed himself, especially in his own eyes. He'd cleaned up his act, he was no longer drinking, and when he set out to put his team together, he looked no further than people who were going through the same situation that he did. Try to make them better, give them a second chance. I've done a ton of service this year. I've helped a lot of people and a lot of people have helped me. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. In 1999, disgraced Wall Street stockbroker Ross Mandel is back on top. He buys the Thornwater brokerage firm and assembles a tight-knit group of brokers to work his high-pressure boiler room. The energy was high and it was go, go, go. And he would be telling you, do it, get on the phone. You got a problem, there's no problem you have that money can't solve. In 2000, Mandel hires broker Philip Akel. He encouraged us to work hard and to do business. You know, after all, we are on Wall Street. We're there to make money. You know, it's, it's part of the American dream. Mandel pushes his brokers to use a classic high-pressure sales strategy, cold calling, hard selling, and getting investors to open traditional brokerage accounts. People were making money, were working hard, we would go into the office at 4 a.m. and you'd make 100, 150 calls a day uh, prospecting. Once their investors make some money in the stock market, Mandel urges the brokers to sell them on his specialty program, private placements, which raise capital for startup companies for the purpose of taking those companies public and cashing in big. If you're in the know and you get in on the ground floor of a company, you have the potential to make a tremendous amount of money. The same way, you know, if somebody would have invested privately in any other company that made it big, whether it's Microsoft, Apple, IBM, imagine if you're an early investor. And that's just how investors are brought into Thornwater and convinced to part with their money. David Ash is a real estate developer turned Christian pastor from Long Beach Island, New Jersey. 
In the early 70s, he and his wife Meredith started a home building company that took off and made them rich. We were very successful. People loved us and everything, and we did accumulate quite a bit of money. Um, we lived for the world back in those days, and um, we had big homes. We had my own personal helicopter, actually had three different helicopters over a 15-year span. In 1998, he gets a cold call from a Thornwater broker. They talk repeatedly over the next few days, and Ash decides to test the waters. They talked us into investing um, a small sum of money to start with into a, a trading account, a brokerage account. Ash's initial investment does well, so he's receptive to his broker's next idea. Then they told us they were going to do some private placements, some private deals, and that we would earn considerable return on our investments. Next thing you know, um, we were in there with a large sum of investment. David Ash's large sum totals nearly $2 million his and his wife's entire life savings. And he hopes his return will set them up for early retirement. But former assistant U.S. attorney Pablo Quinones says Thornwater investors are being deceived. Ross Mandel and the other brokers were lying to investors, promising them that they would make money on private placements um, and that those returns would be guaranteed and in addition, that the money that they were investing would be used to take those companies public. That was not the case at all. Uh, they lied about how the money would be used, they lied about how uh, the companies were gonna be brought public, and they lied about the guaranteed returns associated with the companies. Instead of spending the bulk of investor money on funding startup companies, Mandel is blowing millions on himself and his brokers. They did quite a bit with that money to live the lifestyle that they thought they were entitled to. By 2001, after three years of mismanagement, Ross Mandel is not able to take a single company public, and Thornwater is failing. He needs an out. So Mandel comes up with the idea to create a new company away from the prying eyes of U.S. regulatory agencies. He names it Sky Capital. Sky Capital was going to be an investment firm that you know, nurtured small companies, took them public on the London Stock Exchange, and then everybody would make some money. Mandel technically resigns from Thornwater while retaining a consulting fee worth $70,000 a month and moves to an office directly across the street. There he opens his dream firm, ostensibly, a completely different company. Except that in short order, his entire core group of Thornwater brokers has moved over to Sky Capital as well. Once Thornwater began to collapse, they simply rolled up their wagons, if you will, into a new company called Sky Capital and continued the exact same fraud with some added dimensions to it. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, 
packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Ross Mandel's brokerage firm Sky Capital is headquartered at 110 Wall Street. But his broker's phone calls are headed thousands of miles away to potential investors in England. In England, we could charge more commission and they were, uh, they would take your phone calls. They could be on the golf course and say, I'm on the phone with my American stockbroker. And they had a lot of disposable income. Mandel's team raises more than $61 million. Mainly from British investors like Stuart Grassy. Originally from Scotland, Grassy got his PhD at Cambridge University and has worked in railway engineering for more than 30 years. For most of his adult life, Grassy invests his money himself and does a good job amassing a sizable nest egg. Mainly from putting the money into things like, things with which I was familiar, like, I mean, Microsoft, which wasn't enormous at that stage. But in 2000, his career takes off, and he is so busy he doesn't have time to manage his own portfolio. So when he receives a cold call from Ross Mandel's lead broker, Adam Harrington, Grassy is all ears. After some initial calls, Grassy meets Harrington in person in London. I found him to be very personable, and uh, that is perhaps a large part of the reason that I decided to put the money with them. Grassy decides to invest his entire life savings, and he thinks he's made a good, safe bet. The future was always rosy. They were acquiring a couple of firms in the US, one to two in the UK. What I invested will be worth about two and a half times what it's worth at the moment. In 2002, Ross Mandel is able to take his first company, his own, Sky Capital Holdings, public on the London Stock Exchange. In this radio interview, Mandel says he is the first American ever to do so. I created a footprint because they said it was impossible, could never be done, had never been done. And I showed them how it could be done that it was much, much less expensive than going public on NASDAQ or the New York Stock Exchange. And it was a much more reasonable regulatory system. But he's lying. According to the London Stock Exchange, there were several IPOs of U.S. companies there before his. Nonetheless, Mandel and everyone who bought the Sky Capital private placement stock before it went public makes a huge profit, at least on paper. Sky Capital brokers Arne Wilson and Philip Akell are relishing the good times. Now, there were brokers making a, more than a million dollars a month in their office at that point in time. We accomplished something. What we said was going to happen did happen. That gave us a tremendous sense of satisfaction, uh, you know, to be able to convey that to our customers because one of the best calls you can make is, hey, Mr. Johnson, it's Phil. We just made some money for you. With Sky Capital's success, Ross Mandel has arrived. 
And he's making a splash in London, where he opens a huge office and he ratchets up his spending even higher. Mandel treats his New York brokers to expensive trips to London, spending $1.4 million at the exclusive Dorchester Hotel, bringing plenty of petty cash for strip clubs and prostitutes. They would go over during the day, host meetings with investors, and then they would pretty much party all night. And that was basically the lifestyle. It was drinking, drugs, prostitutes, and strip clubs. His philosophy was that he had to fly us over there like millionaires so that we'd be comfortable sitting with the millionaires that we were asking the money from. So we'd fly business class, we'd stay in $900 a night hotel rooms. He would give out $500 to anyone who wanted a girl for the night. Mandel even has his own throne at high-end strip club Stringfellows and spends more than $5,000 a night there. They loved his money. And they loved him. You know, he's a charming, funny, hilarious guy. And it was his kingdom. New York born and bred, Mandel even figures out a way to hold events at the venerable House of Lords by convincing two British lords to vouch for him. And I remember being extremely surprised that an organization like Sky Capital could get access to the House of Lords. But it's the sort of thing that did give it an air of respectability that uh, is yeah, persuasive. Ross Mandel can be very persuasive. Back in the US, he is rubbing elbows with Washington elite. Former House Majority Leader Richard Army former presidential envoy to Iraq, Paul Bremer, and former Senator Larry Pressler all sit on boards of Mandel's companies. But what none of them know is that not only has Mandel and his brokers made false promises to investors about their returns, they are fixing the Sky Capital stock price by making it as difficult as possible for investors to sell it on the open market. More selling of a stock normally causes the stock to go down unless there are buyers. So in order to keep the stock at a certain level or to keep it up, a broker at Sky Capital could not sell it unless he found somebody else to buy it. Mandel wants to control the buyers, so the money stays within Sky Capital. And we would talk new clients into buying stock that didn't already have it and tell them, you know, people got in at a dollar, it's already at five, it's gonna go higher. You know, we wouldn't, Telling me guarantee, but we would say, I'm almost certain we're going to get taken over by one of the big banks, and that's going to be your payday. The truth is, there is no real interest in the Sky Capital stock or the company, and its true value is probably around a penny. But Mandel makes it clear that brokers who don't follow his directive will be punished. Anybody who you know who sells and hurts the stock, they could lose. You know, their offices, they could lose their, their, their perks. There was veiled threats of having those things taken away. We did what we had to do at the time, but it was illegal. They were effectively just using Sky Capital and in the same way Thornwater as a cash cow. Um, it was in their benefit to keep it going as long as possible because it was providing them a steady stream of income and a means to live a, a high lifestyle. In 2004, Mandel moves his wife Stephanie and two young daughters from their Trump Tower penthouse in Manhattan to a mansion in Boca Raton, Florida. 
Mandel's old pals Norman Chess and Jeffrey Melser lived nearby. He showed me the house he was buying before he had purchased it, and it was beautiful. This was like probably Ross feeling he had arrived. He's in Boca, he has a big, beautiful house, he has a beautiful wife, he has kids, he had full-time help. This was like the peak of his success. On a Tuesday morning at 8 a.m., FBI Special Agent Kurt Dingler waits in his vehicle under Manhattan's FDR Drive for an undercover informant. He would get out of his vehicle and come into our vehicle, uh, where myself and another agent would speak to him briefly about what he expected to go on during the day. We would affix him with a recording device. He would go to work. The informant is Sky Capital broker Philip Akell who was caught two months earlier in a sting operation lying to two undercover FBI agents posing as investors. I probably told him the same exact thing I told every other customer. I mean, the story was the story was the story. We were a brokerage firm that's growing, we're making acquisitions, we're taking companies public. I told everyone the same thing, which I believed at the time. One of the main things that Mr. Akel conveyed to the two undercover agents was that Sky Capital was in great shape when the exact opposite was true. They were running out of money. They were desperate for this additional money from this new private placement they were involved in to come in to keep their doors open. Then Akel, who has a history of drug use, unknowingly provides more evidence to the feds when he sets up party plans with the undercover agents posing as investors and offers them cocaine. Which they ended up paying $100 for, which was something that Mr. Akel ended up being charged with, the uh, sale of a controlled substance. The FBI has Akel dead to rights on several charges, but he is not their ultimate target. He's their bait, and the FBI wants him to reel in the big fish, Ross Mandel. Mr. Mandel was the ringleader. It was Mr. Mandel's firm. Sky Capital was his baby, so to speak. He founded the firm. He was the chief executive officer at the firm. Everything they did there was with his knowledge and with, was with his blessing and at his direction. The FBI and the SEC have been fielding customer complaints about Mandel for years, and they want to know what's going on at Sky Capital. So prosecutors tell Philip Akel that if he cooperates and gathers evidence for them, a judge may look favorably on his case. I decided, A, not to go against the most powerful entity on the face of this earth, which is the US government with unlimited resources, and B, to also uh, you know, come clean with what we did uh, you know, at Sky Capital, because it's, even though it started out well, it did not end up well, and at the end, we were not, uh, you know, we were breaking the law at the end, and it's very obvious now. And I decided to do what I felt was right at the time. With no assurances that he won't also be prosecuted, Akel agrees to wire up. I had to walk into work wearing a wire, and it was extremely, extremely stressful, sad, demoralizing, but. I had made the decision and I had to go forward. So it was very hard to do, but, uh, but it was done, day after day after day. Testing, this is Special Agent Kurt Dang of the FBI. 
Also present is Philip Akel. Mr. Akel will be wearing a bi-recording device to record a meeting between himself, Ross Mandel, and possibly others. Twice a day, Monday through Friday, for more than two months, the agents meet with their informant, trying to keep Akel on the right path. We would come back to a designated spot uh, after work where we would retrieve the device, and we would briefly go over uh, what transpired that day. Boy, how is everybody? Good. Good. It's been a really, really rough run as we spoke about uh, the last time we got together. Akel's main goal is to get Ross Mandel on tape. And it's very clear. If we don't have this money, we're not going to survive. And the guys don't want to raise it, then I'm just going to do it myself. And I have to hold on to every dime while I do it. There's no choice. It would be things like, you know, we got to keep raising money, even though, you know, people were taking losses and the stock was doing very poorly. My clients are not believing me. They're not believing you. They're sick and tired of waiting four years and not selling the stock. I'm not going to lie to them. There's nothing for me to say. I can't get on the phone and paint the rosy picture. I just... Well, I, I have to. I'm just saying, what's your point? Other things would be like, you know, we gotta protect our stock. We gotta, you know, we can't have it go down. So those are two things. A, raising more money. B, holding a value in the stock uh, artificially, which is illegal. I honestly believe you don't get it. They're gonna come down on you mercilessly. Just like they're gonna come down on me. With no mercy. There was little doubt that um, somebody who was involved in those kind of conversations would not have some sense that they knew what they were doing was wrong. In 1998, New Jersey builder David Ash invests his and his wife Meredith's life savings with Ross Mandel's firm, believing it will allow them to follow their passion for the rest of their lives. When I retired early, it permitted us to go into ministry. And we've been doing ministry for 35 years now. We do chaplains to three different jails and prisons. Uh, we go to the homeless shelters, the nursing homes, and things like that. And we did it together. As the Ashes focus on their good work, they believe their investment will reap huge rewards when one of Mandel's promised startup companies goes public. After all, that's what Mandel and his brokers have been telling them for years. What they don't know is that Mandel and his firm Sky Capital are under investigation by the FBI. And on November 6, 2006, the feds raid Sky Capital's offices. Arn Wilson and his fellow brokers are blindsided. They went and copied all the hard drives in every computer, and then they went and took documents. The London Stock Exchange had to be contacted. We were delisted the next morning. After the search warrant, the investigation continued. We interviewed well over 100 victims in the United States and in Great Britain. The Department of Justice called. The uh, FBI special agents called. Now David Ash faces the cold reality that his near $2 million nest egg is gone. There were many sleepless nights worrying about my family. Uh, wondering where all this is headed. Because we had entrusted our hard-earned money to these folks. And now everything was falling apart. 
Meanwhile, if Ross Mandel is sweating his next move, it doesn't show. While the investigation continues, he's living like he's on permanent vacation in Boca Raton, Florida. There, he spends hours a day getting stronger and shifts his business focus to the world of mixed martial arts. Mandel claims to be developing an MMA franchise to rival the UFC. But while he may want to move on to new opportunities, he first has to deal with his past. Two and a half years after the FBI raised his company in June 2009, Ross Mandel is indicted on fraud charges and accused of running a $140 million scheme. He and his top broker, Adam Harrington, are charged with four counts each. Brokers Arne Wilson, Michael Passaro, Stephen Shea, and Robert Grabowski are also charged. We were walked in front of the cameras. We were all handcuffed. We were in the holding area. I remember Ross said to me, stay strong, stay strong. They've got nothing. Stay strong. While awaiting trial, Mandel gets out on $5 million bail and decides to take his case straight to the court of public opinion. He teams up with a production company to produce the reality show pitch video he hopes to sell to the highest network bidder. Conventional wisdom for people in my situation is to lay low, get small, lawyer up. In the beginning, he could have taken a deal and this whole thing would be behind him and he moving on with his life. Instead, Ross had to prove that he was right. And Ross had to prove that he was innocent. There was something in him, a drive, to say that this can't be happening to me, Ross Mandel, and I'm gonna fight them tooth and nail every step of the way. For investors like Stuart Grassi, who lost his entire life savings, the brazen showmanship just adds insult to injury. If that was meant to make me feel sympathetic, then it has entirely the opposite effect. It's nice that he has kids. I mean, you know, lots of people have kids. It's nice he's got a wife that he loves and who loves him. Um, but why that should stop him going into jail is a little bit beyond me. In June 2011, Ross Mandel is tried alongside his second-in-command, Adam Harrington, in New York Federal Court in Manhattan. And one by one, the once tight-knit group of brokers Ross Mandel cultivated take the witness stand and point the finger at him, including Philip Akell. I mean, I could see, you know, in his eyes, anger. I could see uh, disappointment. I could see fear. I could see sadness. Mandel's defense attorney, Jeffrey Hoffman, says the brokers who made deals with the government are lying to save themselves, and that it was they who committed the fraud without Ross Mandel's knowledge. What these four brokers are saying occurred was not something that he was aware of or participated in. Those four brokers were found by the government to have done illegal activities. The government prosecutors made an agreement with each of those four brokers that if they would enter a cooperation agreement with the government and testify for the government, then the government would do its best to get the lowest possible sentence, potentially no jail time, for those four individuals. 
Assistant U.S. Attorney Pablo Quinones counters with Mandel's own words, recorded by Philip Akel. I'm not going to lie to them. I, I can't get on the phone and paint a rosy picture. I just... Well, I, I, you have to. What's your choice? I honestly believe you don't get it. They're going to come down on you mercilessly. Just like they're going to come down on me. With no mercy. Hearing Ross Mandel tell his brokers, you have to lie, you have to paint a rosy picture, you have to do what I've asked you to do and, and what you've been doing, because if you don't, we're all gonna go down together. Uh, so to have him say words to that effect in a recording made it clear to the jury that the notion that he didn't know what was going on and that these were rogue brokers simply wasn't believable. After a five-week trial, Ross Mandel and Adam Harrington are both found guilty on all counts. Mandel is sentenced to 12 years in federal prison. Harrington gets five years. Brokers Philip Akel and Arne Wilson are sentenced to supervised release. Now, what's interesting about Ross Mandel's sentence of 12 years is that, one, it is significant, but what's more significant is that the people who cooperated against Mandel, five other people, got no prison time, which is uh, really unheard of on any U.S. federal case. Um, it was a clear message from U.S. District Judge Paul Crotty that Mandel was in charge. For anyone else, this might be the end of the story, but not so for Ross Mandel. Before he's supposed to report to federal prison, he catches a break and is allowed to remain free while his case works its way through the appeals process. For the next three years, he lives with a GPS ankle monitor at his Boca Raton mansion with his family and becomes a self-described motivational speaker with his own web series, Our Time with Ross Mandel. This is our time. I come to you today with a sense of outrage. He has titles like, This Too Shall Pass. One day, the sun will shine again, if you allow it. Yes, I can. Losers say yesterday, and winners say yes today. And dress for success. I know what you're thinking. Man, that dude looks handsome today. Suit and tie, money, power, that's what I'm after. But in May 2014, the Second Circuit Court of Appeals hands down its judgment there would be no change in Mandel's status. And three months later, he finally reports to federal prison, where he will serve out his 12-year sentence. For investor David Ash, losing nearly $2 million changed his entire life. It affected my health, my wife's health, and eventually we had to um, downsize and uh, we got to the point where we really had to sell our home. And um, it was very, very difficult. Ash's wife, Meredith, has to deal with the stress of losing her home at the same time she is diagnosed with an incurable lung disease. After a painful fight, she passes away in January 2015. Still, David Ash chooses to let go of anger toward Ross Mandel. So we have to forgive people. 
And I've forgiven him. I've forgiven all those folks. But I, I pray that his heart would be regenerated. He has a lot of time to think. The brokers, who were once making huge amounts of money and who, in the end, agreed to turn against their boss, are now looking for a second chance. For Philippa Kell, it means a completely new lifestyle. Once you leave Wall Street, you leave behind, you know, the privilege of working on Wall Street, that hard work, the excitement of Wall Street, and of course, the money. And so I had to readjust, you know, I, uh, I've done a lot of odd jobs. I used to be in the back of limousines and car services. I found myself in the front, you know, driving those people around. And uh, that was humbling and, uh, and, you know, a little sad, but I had to do what I had to do. Arn Wilson is also trying to make a go of a more simple life. You know, it's been just terribly difficult, you know, because once you, uh, you know, if you have a felony, the majority of companies won't hire you unless it's seven years old. I have another three years to go on that. And, you know, I want the opportunity to go out and make somebody money and make my customers happy. Do what I did, you know, for Sky Capital, for somebody else's business where the intentions are pure. I'm Ross Mandel. For Ross Mandel's part, there seems to be no contrition. I'm not guilty of the charges brought against me. And he maintains that he has been wrongfully accused, convicted, and persecuted by the government. I became almost like public enemy number one in the regulatory sense because of that success I had. Despite what he thinks of himself, he is no more than anybody else that commits a crime somebody that's decided that it's easier to bend the rules than to follow them. And there are consequences when that happens. Thanks for listening to the American Read Podcast presented by CNBC. I'm Stacy Keach. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.